Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know that sound, people. That's right. It's the one and only invisible, unfiltered band. It is a new ep of the pod. Episode three of Unfiltered. Casey Stern with you. So good to have you. Welcome aboard. Got a ton of fun and a lot of craziness coming and a great guest here in just a few minutes and a good friend in the wonderful, the incomparable Dusty Baker. I've met a lot of people in the last 20 years I've been doing this. And, you know, they always say like, and they're right. Don't meet your heroes. You ever hear people say that? They're like, don't meet your heroes. Like, you know, I know if I met Springsteen, he'd be as cool as he seems. Who are we kidding? Right? So that's off the board for me. But for you people, I met some of your heroes, and some of them exceed the expectations that you have as humans, and I promise you some don't, right? It's why I'm wearing a shirt, if you could tell. People, not a big fan. Not of you, of course. And if you subscribe and like our content, uh, whether here or at me on Twitter to tell me so, or the folks that believe and tell them that I'm doing a somewhat mediocre job, I know I need improvement. I keep expectations low, people. That's how I roll. But you meet people and you see kind of the way that they are from afar, and you realize just how absolutely wrong we get the judging a book by its cover. Right. There are a lot of people that I've met in this business that you think, oh, my God, like that's a great clubhouse guy or it must be like an amazing person. Then you find out like the people in their own clubhouse don't even like them. Right. And there are people that are listening to this right now on the pot or watching it on YouTube that are athletes that I whether I know them or, or don't. And thanks for listening and watching that. I'm sure saying, yeah, we know like it sucked hearing that guy was so beloved and you wanted so badly to be like, he sucks. There's a lot of that. Dusty is like, he seems like the coolest, nicest dude in the world. He's even better than that. So getting a chance to be his friend and, you know, in working with him at Turner and, um, you know, building this friendship with him over the year. He is, he's, he is a trip. I, I was saying this to somebody yesterday, but I'll, I'll tell this story behind his back, maybe even get back into it when he gets in here. But I think of this song, like Maroon five, like I'm at a pay phone and I never understood that. So like, I know what a pay phone is. A lot of you don't, I know what a pay phone is. Right. But I never understood that song came out, was that like the early 2000s, like the 90s? And I'm like, there ain't nobody using a payphone anymore, dude. Like, I like Adam Levine. I like, you know, it, Maroon 5's cool. They're fine. But like, shouldn't you be putting that song out in 1985? Not like 2005? Well, I bring that up because a lot of you have been in hotels. And I'm going to bring this up later in the podcast. I recently have been and spent some time in a hotel. And have traveled most of my life working, so certainly plenty as well. But you go to a hotel, right? Things are different than they used to be. 
in hotel life when you're on vacation, all right? There's no one, and I mean in unless, let's say no one. If you're in like a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout group, and you are at the hotel with like, you know, 20 other you know kids in that group or people, right? Or you're there traveling for like the Little League World Series and a kid and a parent in a room, or you're in a spelling bee or something of that sort. The person who's probably running the thing, right? Like your group leader or whoever is in charge, the camp counselor, like whatever, you know, their title is. They probably going to go from room 410 and they're going to call you in room 217. The phone's going to ring and you're going to answer that phone. And it's not weird that it's not the front desk and that it's the other person who called from room to room in a hotel. It's not odd. That's not weird. They got it. Hey, we're wrangling everybody together. Let's meet downstairs in 30 minutes. Or, hey, don't forget, like the word you keep screwing up in this spelling bee is whatever. I actually remember I was, I think it was like maybe fourth grade. And I had gone real far in a spelling bee. And I'll never forget, like, I was so mad. Like if I had lost on some long word, like Automatopia or Menkevich or something, I would have been fine with that carousel really like i still won't go on one it's like how do i get this wrong but if you're in that kind of scenario i get it like they calling you in the hotel room and you're answering the phone that's fine that's cool i bring this up because my guy bake dusty baker um he's the only person in what i say you know i, I don't want to over exaggerate because i do that I don't know if it's because it happened a lot in Seinfeld. He and I went to the same high school. Maybe that's where I, you know, it's, I got that Larry David thing in me where that happens. Like, Hey, I've been waiting here at this restaurant for like two weeks. And I used to do that with like the delivery people. And I'd be like, I'm waiting. Cause it always feels like you're, cause you're so hungry. I've been waiting for like an hour and a half for this food. And you used to kind of get away with that. And sometimes it'd even be true. Right. Unfortunately, like, why am I waiting Where'd you get this pizza? Italy? Like, what are you doing? And I lived in New York at the time. Like, there's pizza everywhere. I should have walked. Right? But I'm telling you that now you can't do that because clearly, like hotels, things have changed where if you go and you call and you say, hey, I've been waiting, dude, for like an hour and 15 minutes. Where the hell's this pizza? They're going to be like, sir, actually, you ordered this at 9.37 p.m. It's now 9.54, and then they'll shoot you a screen grab of like what went through the DoorDash app, and then you feel like an idiot, Oh, it's been 17 minutes. Did I add that right? I think it is, right? Dusty, <laughs> when I worked with him for the first time, and we spent, we spent our first year together, <laughs> I think it was like maybe the fourth day that I had, I had met Dusty before in you know, scrums where you're holding up a microphone or done an interview or two over my time covering the game. And yeah, I remember spending some time in his office in Cincinnati uh, when JB, when Jim Bowden and I were together, who knows him, you know, there were, there were times where I talked to Dustin. We weren't friends, right? Like there's a lot of that in this industry. Oh yeah, we're, we're friends. And then like, you know, I mean, I haven't got through it. It's like, no, okay. I guess, we're, I, I guess, I guess we're not friends, but on like the fourth day that I knew him. All right. I remember him asking me, we were meeting downstairs, all of us to go over to the studio. And I remember him 
asking me why, why I didn't call him back. And I felt bad. Like, cause I mean, look, especially when, I mean, who the hell am I? I'm nobody. Right. So, you know, it's Dusty Baker. I mean, geez, look at what this guy has accomplished in his life and in his career. Right. So I'm trying to like do all those right things, I'm trying to make sure that all the things that need to happen are going to happen. Like I'm going to be, you know, and it's not in any kind of a way that's not sincere. Like, Hey, like I'm, you know, well, make sure we get off to right start, especially when you're working with somebody too on a set, like you want them, you know, you want them to trust you. That's a huge part of this, right? When you're doing the job that you're doing when you're anchoring a desk like that, right? With legends of the game. I remember him as, why didn't you call me back? I felt terrible. Then <laughs> I can't, I can't say this without laughing. Then he proceeds to tell me. I must have not seen, you know, the blinking light. We're not talking about the one that tells you that that ring of death on your Xbox that it's over, right? You know, the blinking light on your phone in your room. Like if you've been in your hotel a while and you know, like, you know, maybe you're having a good time. You hit do not disturb last night and you still got it on the door. It's like noon the next day. And, you know, like there's no doubt. I don't even need to look. I know that that light is you know, the housekeeping folks telling me like, hey, we try to get in your room and it's cool. Don't worry. Like, I didn't want you in there anyway at the time. It's no big deal. No one looks at that light. Like, you don't even know what the, no one looks at the hotel phone. You're not doing anything unless it's where the hell are my towels? And I know it sounds terrible, but like, hey, how low is the bar open? Right? Like you're hitting zero or like whatever the front desk button is. He left. Not only did he call, do you have my number? I mean, we're working. I mean, look, I mean, we're working together four days, but four days in a postseason on national team. Like, we got my number, right, dude? Like, you can call me. I thought there's something wrong with my phone. He not only called my hotel room from his hotel room, but he left me a message on the hotel phone. Now, look, it's one thing. You know, I, my phone died. Shoot, like I'm in 510. I know you're in 514. You know, let me just hit this thing up, 9514 or whatever you got to do, right? And boom. And hey, Dust, like, you know, do you have do you have an extra tie? Like, I can't find mine or whatever, right? Like, there's some emergency. Okay. Who in the world would leave a message on a hotel, <laughs> on a hotel room? Like, who would do that? Like, you're not... Some people don't even set up, and I hate this, by the way, their own phone voicemail. Like, there's nothing worse than, like, especially, like, if you're starting to date somebody and it's, like, the first time you call them. Like, there's this there's this moment where you, you call them for the first time and, like, you went out and, like, you waited, like, the obligatory 48 hours or whatever, like, your own rules are. Everybody's got their own stupid rules. And, like, you make that phone call. You all been there, people. You're hoping they don't answer. It's the stupidest thing. Like, I can't take you out again if you don't answer. But I feel like if I call and leave a message, then it's like, hey, I did my thing. Ball into your court. And if you don't like me, then you just won't call back. I don't have to wonder, like, did I write the number wrong? Like, did an eight look like a three? Was a four looking like a nine? Like, maybe I should look them up in the phone book. I don't know. Like, you leave a voicemail. And then you don't know what to say. 
And then it's like, I swear, I'm. she's going to hate when I say this. I'm sure my mother does. She must at least sometimes run out because I'm telling you, her voicemails are like, it, I don't know what the, the ro total running time allowed is. There must be like two, two minutes and 13 seconds. Like maybe they allow like two minutes and 18 seconds. I'm not sure. But these things are like real long. And sometimes you run out and you're like, you're in the middle of a sentence. Can I end it that way? You got to like kind of redo it. Who would leave a voicemail on a cell phone? By the time I get it, I'm going to see you. You might as well walk and knock on my door. So I'll get that story out before we chat with Dust here. But I, because there will be some others that are, I, I promise you, they're, they're special uh, from the time that I've spent with him. But it is, it is just really strange to me when you get into a scenario and you've got a guy who is calling you from his hotel phone to your hotel room and then leaving a voicemail. It is, it is not usually what you would do. But what we get to do, which is a great thing, is welcome in here the great and the powerful, the wonderful, the wizard himself, Dusty Baker. So here he is without further ado. Uh, Bake, I was, so I got to start here because you, in a normal interview, like, you know, we'd start with 2000 wins or something important. I was just telling people the story about how you're the only person in the last 20 years I've ever had call me on a hotel room phone and leave a voicemail. <laughs> our, our, <come> on. <laughs> that just shows you how old I am. Plus, <laughs> plus, I think. I think uh, people are more apt to call, I mean, uh, to answer their hotel phone than they are their own personal phone. You because, think? Yeah, because okay. if you're in a room, I mean, it could be an emergency, could be, uh, you know, get out or, or whatever. I mean, I answer my hotel, um, I, <laughs> you know, because I'm always thinking it could be something, you know, it could be something important from the hotel. Well, plus with, the, with, with teams, you're used to, so you live a different life than I live. Like right. you're used to like, you got to go covert ops, right? So if somebody's yeah. got your hotel room phone, they must be somebody you actually want to answer the phone, right? Yeah, hey, man, my players don't answer their phone. So hey, now can you, my, now can my you, my players are just like you, you know, when I, you know, <laughs> you know what they'll answer? They'll answer a text. <laughs> and, well, and dude, I, I text you. I know it's going to take a couple hours for you to figure out how to type right, it, but I got that, Hey, but I don't sit around holding my phone like like you know who who hit me to that was uh, Ken Griffey Sr. probably ten years ago, ten twelve years ago, and he said, "Hey man, he'll call Junior, and Junior won't answer the phone. Then he'll text him, and he'll get back to him in thirty seconds." Yeah, because because then you don't we don't gotta have more of a conversation than I don't want to have now. I gotta ask before I move on from this. Don't give me the one you're using now. Unless it's the same, it's got to be. You had to have more different names that you've given hotels that you're under. Like you're not Dusty Baker, you're who? Give me, give me an old one that you used to use that you you don't use anymore. I don't want anybody to catch you at a hotel you're not supposed oh, to be. You know in. something? I I always use Dusty Baker, but I would turn always. My phone off. Yeah, I would turn my phone off because see, sometimes it it would be somebody that I'd want to hear from. You know what I mean? That uh, like uh like one of my homeboys or my cousin that, that changed towns. And now all of a sudden he'll call, but, but see, I'll have a do not disturb on my phone so I can call that person back if I want to call them back or not. 
Now, if so, you're in the garden, do you bring the phone out with you? Because for people who don't know, like the, the the real Dusty Baker, I mean that's that's like your safe haven. That's that's your joyful yeah, spot. But like you you're know, not so bringing your wife, phone out there. No, but my wife makes me take it out there. You know, just in case I fall out in the 110 degree heat at, uh, in the summertime, and uh, and I got to contact somebody because see, one time my dad was working out in the heat, and uh, and. You know, he never carried his phone out there. And he was working on the heat, and he had a bad leg, a stiff leg. And so uh, he fell down, couldn't get up. And my stepsister found him uh, on the ground out there in the heat. Uh, and, and who knows how long he'd been Oh, my gosh. There. Yeah. So, like, you know, my wife's always afraid that I'm going to be out. Because, you know, I'll go out there by myself in a minute. Me and my dog. Of course. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, you don't want to talk to anybody when you're out there. That's like your serene spot. Yeah, yeah, you got that right, but that's okay. I'm, I'm missing it now. Some, you know, my my winemaker's taking care of my um, my grapes in my vineyard. Uh, my homeboys are, are harvesting my uh, garlic and my um, my onions right now. The only thing is, I I don't have a, a tomato crop, and they're harvesting actually my my plums. My wife bought me some some of my plums and apricots from my from my fruit trees, and and I'm okay. I'm sharing it with some of my players here. Okay. Now, what's the way of the garden? Like, what's the consent? Like, like you just know every day I go into that garden and even because you probably got some new stuff you like to try. But like, what's what's your yeah. go to in the garden? My go to is probably collard greens, you know. Okay. okay. Yeah, and I can uh, and my daughter's go to, which I grow for her, are, are kale, you know, Russian kale. Okay. And, and healthy. Kale. Yeah, yeah. I can't healthy. do. I can't do. I can't do kale bake. That, they, well, you I know, you ever, those those kale chips. You eat those kale chips? No, no. You know what I can't, can't do? do. Hey, you well, know what I can't do? And that I grow uh, uh, for for my cousins, my daughter, and homeboys. Eggplant and squash. I love eggplant. You love do? eggplant. Yes, oh, man. I grow like four or five different kind of eggplants. You know what I mean? And they're strange looking. They're like big purple, like weird shape looking. Yeah. Like and nobody knows what an eggplant looks like. And it's, some of them have like stripes on it. And when you know they're hanging there from you know from the from they got the, stripes on it. What are they gremlins? Yeah, so, what do you mean they got stripes? Really, the stripes no, 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 on eggplants? Some of, yeah, yeah. Some of them that. are round. Some of them are football shaped with stripes on them. I don't know the name of them. I just okay. I can just grow them. I can grow anything. Is know? this the most hard hitting interview you've done all year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest one. And plus, it's the one that, that, that I'm more. That's most familiar with me, you yeah. know. Yeah, as, I know. As a, as a person, not and not and not as a baseball man. You know, I love you, man. Like I, I got and I, I want to talk about some of the baseball stuff, but I, I got to share one more story. So, yeah. and, and I, I've said this to you many times. You like you are the genuine article. Like there are not there are, most people. I was saying this earlier, bake on the show. Like most people you meet. You don't know if it's a facade, right? Like are they really as nice and sincere yeah. and good people, right? And yeah. you hope when you look in the mirror that you're that way, but yeah. not everybody that way, right? You're definitely that way. But the well, first time I realized that you were that way was it wasn't the hotel phone. But I think we had worked together like one day. Mm -hmm. And you I mean, first of all, like you're you know, who the hell am I? You're too humble. Who the hell cares what I think? But like you understand teammates. 
right? Yeah. You and I have talked about that many times. Like people not understanding, and I want to get into this in a second, actually, because I think it's important. But one of the things that I, I never have forgotten of many that you've told me, and I can't remember every three-hour story that we've had at a restaurant because then we'll be here forever. <laughs> yeah. but, but I talking about when you tell a player that he's off the next day, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. making sure he's off. I never forgot when you. I don't want to say explain it to me because it makes sense. But like, I, I want to almost like pause it and I'll I'll complete the thought I had eventually. I promise. But yeah, like that's the how how much are those kind of things the things that you learned as a manager over all these years that have been more important than right. the X's and O's? But people don't get that. Well, I think yeah, probably equal or greater uh, than the X's and O's. Um, you know, like I've had some good managers that I learned from and. Um, Mostly I've learned from great coaches that I had. You know, I had Preston Gomez. I had Danny Ozark. I had, you know, Jim Lefebvre. I had uh, one of the greatest of, <laughs> of all was Jim Gilliam. And uh, Jim Gilliam taught me, you know, I mean, so much about about things on and off. The and I learned from, from the Florida about telling guys when they're going to be have days off. This is how he would do us. And, um, you know, there are managers that have taught us, taught me how to be, and there's other managers that have taught me how not to be. I had a couple managers that said, hey, man, my door is always open, boom, boom. So I went in there, talked to him, he asked me, what the hell are you doing in here? So I guess that door, he might have must appeared. be in the wrong door. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, like I've had some managers that would embarrass you you know, in front of other players. So I try to not to, you know, embarrass my players in front of, um, you know, their peers unless they choose that that form. If they choose it, now we got a problem. But I, I just assume, talk about it in private, in my office, and uh, nobody needs to know about anything that's been being said unless you tell it. And, uh, right. Uh, but like I said, I've I've had some, you know, some valuable lessons along the way. Yeah, and a lot, of, and the point being, right, Bake, that like mentally, mm -hmm. this the, the baseball season's long. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season, right? So you got eighteen days off, and seemingly like you got thirty-five day spots where you get none. You tell mm -hmm. a guy you got a day off. I mean, he may blow off some steam after a game the night before, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe I, I'm he's hoping. Like, he, I mean, no, no, but I'm hoping he does because you may right. not have that. You may not have that steam to blow off for the next 20 days that's right but you but know, but some managers so bake you know this yeah some will then right ninth inning but i need you in that spot yeah and then I all of a sudden they're tapping them on the bench yeah but that's happened a, a couple times and uh you know barry bonds that you know when you got barry bonds sitting on the bench oh come on you <laughs> yeah you know how tempting that is and then <laughs> then barry would like uh hey man because because one day I put him in the game and the ninth he tied the game up and the game went eighteen innings or something right <laughs> he played yeah. a whole nother game yeah exactly and so his next day off he goes no bake promise me I, I'm off the whole day huh? right uh, uh, you don't know how hard that was <laughs> to say I promise but and I had to do it yeah. Now, the next thing I'm praying for is a blowout where we don't have to use it. <laughs> that's right. You know, but that's, but that's, that's right. Yeah, so that's what you try to do. And, but also tell them, keep the spikes on. You know, stay, stay alert. 
I'm going to try to use you at, only as a pinch hitter that day. You know what I mean? Uh, and so that way they can get in and get out. And, uh, you know, things will work pretty well. You know, I've had some great players. I mean, so on, on, on each Oh, team. my God. Oh, Are you kidding? I, I, I love the – I, I want to I wanna ask you about – 2000 in a, in a couple minutes but yeah. i love the chris reading i think it was verlander who said he'd asked you like about milestones you've seen well you know i saw hank break the record and bonds break the record. <laughs> i mean you, it's it's amazing the amount of things that you've seen but that yeah. you never forget the person element right i yeah. mean that's the most important part of everything it's the most important for everything we all do right we're both yeah. dads family and, people. you know some casey a, a former general manager told me he said, which I found it to be perfect description of, of today. And then he says that we've dehumanized the game. And that was as, as perfect as you can put it. I mean, because these guys are human, you know, they're not some number, um, you know, they have feelings, they have, uh, um, uh, sensitivities, they have strengths, they have weaknesses as, as we all do. They have the same problems. Everybody thinks because you're famous and making pretty good money that you don't have the same problems that everybody else does in, in, in society. But, you know, your dog's sick, you and your wife had an argument or whatever it is or something happened mm -hmm. where where you still have to go to, you know, go to work. Even though people don't see it as work, it, it, it's a job. Anything that you're, that you're working at and getting paid in. And, uh, I remember Pete Rose. I was on first base. I was with the Dodgers, and Pete was was getting divorced from from his wife, and his dad had died, and right in the middle of his forty four game hitting streak. And I asked Pete, I said, "Man, how are you doing this?" You know, and uh, and he said, "Dusty, he said, whatever problems you have, <clears throat> when you left the house, or, or those those same problems will be there when you get back home. So so you try to use this as a sanctuary away from your problems." Now everybody can't do that. You know, it was difficult for, you know, for me to do it uh, because, you know, it seems like you can't shake problems when, you know, when you have them and and if if you're playing ball and you're about to hit a, a baseball and you know one one hundredth of a of a inch it could be the difference between a pop up and a fly ball and. And a home run, you know, and so it's about concentration and and discipline is 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 what it's all about, and that's why I admire Pete Rose. Pete Rose is one of the best baseball players that I've ever uh, played. No, anyone as ever, and, and you know, big. It, it's so funny because of how true that is, and this is, and I look, I know this from a way way lesser standpoint than you as an athlete or as a manager. But the part that to expound on what you were just saying, it's hard going 0 for 4 in a day, whatever your job is, right? When you got stuff at home. Yeah. But when you're doing it with millions of people watching you, it's way harder. And that's yeah. a, an element people don't like. You got it, you're out there. Like if you know you're in the outfield sitting there between innings, trying not to—I can't even imagine, right? Trying not to think about like a divorce or whatever is going on, right? Right, right. and then you got to go taking that bat. 
You yep. also got 50,000 people that in your own home stadium could be booing you if you go strike yep. out. Like, I can't even, I mean, I don't or, understand or anything you know, of that. You know, That's somebody terrible. could be sick in your family. Of course, of course, of course. Death or, 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 of course. Of course, man. They never, they've been never giving you enough credit, man. That's why, that's why see, I'm when here. I played, when I played with Steve Garvey, <clears throat> he would like, on days, you know, he had migraines quite often. And then you never knew it. I never knew it until I was there a while. And I'd ask him, how was he doing? And he said that he would play for a sick person, whether it was his grandma or a little kid that he knew or whatever it is. You have to, and the hard part is finding a, a, a motivation every day. Because no matter, no matter who you are, some days you don't feel like going to work. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why when they say, you know, never gives up an at-bat. In a 162-game season? Because yeah. life, right? Yeah. I mean, we all given up at-bats. Well, yeah, and that's what I was told by um, by Luke Appling when he was my my one of my coaches in Atlanta. He said, Dusty, quit giving away at-bats. And I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. You know what I mean? And he also told me to be lucky, which I tell my guys, to be lucky, you got to think lucky. You know, take a bad hop or get in the sun or whatever. And uh, and he told me you give away a bat by swinging at a bad OO pitch to put you in a hole, 0 and 1, or 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 taking a good 2 1 pitch that puts you at 2 2, and now you're in a strikeout, uh, you know, defensive situation. This is how you give away a bat, you know, by not concentrating and not. And I tell you, again, I go with Pete Rose and Hank Aaron and Barry Bond. They did not give away. At bats, I don't care what the score was, you know. And uh, I tried that same thing. I told my son, and uh, you know, he's getting pretty good at it. Yeah. How about? I mean, what what is that like for you, watching all that? Well, like watching him well, grow, not only as a person, babe, but yeah. the baseball part of it. Too. Well, it's really pretty like cool. The only thing is, it makes me nervous to have to go watch him because I get more nervous at his games than I did at, at, at any of mine. Well, you're right. You know I mean? Right. You know? Yes. For your kid there, if a ball's hit to him and you're like, you know, Lord, let him catch it. And he catches down there. Still, but, you know, you're you're always trying to dispel those negative uh, uh, thought processes. You know what I mean? And uh, um, I remember my dad, you know, he came to all my games. But uh, uh, I'm a little different than my dad because my dad would only tell me I did pretty good. No matter how great I did, how I do? He's leaving room. He's yeah, leaving room. He don't want you to settle, right? There was always room. He left a lot of room. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, that's you know the one difference. Is, you know, like uh, you know the old dudes back in the day, they didn't tell boys that they loved them. They told girls that they loved them. You know what I mean? And uh, shoot, I was thirty years old. So my, I know my dad loved the heck out of me, but I was thirty years old before he told me he loved me. And I was like, I didn't know what to say. I like, uh, 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 me too. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I try to tell my son he does well, uh, good job, and I try to tell him that I love him. You know, on on a daily basis, and, and we tell each other. So, I I want to uh, I want to ask you one thing about two thousand, and then I'll close with uh, and pay off that story I was going to tell quickly and let you run. Uh, you when I'm talking to somebody who has. Now, when I say hung out with, I mean, you know, it, it may sound like it was longer than it was, but 
Anybody who's even seen Jimi Hendrix, for me, because, I mean, when I think about the list of people like I wish were still around, right? You yeah. know I love music. Oh, yeah. Um, when, when I'm talking to somebody who's hung with Jimi and done all the baseball things you've done, and then I hear, this is the top, when you talked about that moment after winning 2000, I got to know why. Mm. Why? why? Why was that the top? What was that feeling? Like, once it sunk in, What was was it because of – the journey was it because of being the first african-american manager to do it combination yeah. what, what was that feeling for you it was a combination of things a combination of um you know thinking about my dad thinking about the different managers that i played for and some of my past and it's sort of weird to think about i passed the sort of you know i passed leo de Rocha. i didn't play for him but here i am about to pass walter Olson, one of my first managers that i had and uh you know um just think about the time. Um, <clears throat> that's a long time, a lot of victories, but it's gone by very quickly. You know, that's the thing about life. It, I mean, I don't care how old you are. It, 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 it seems to go by quickly. And uh, then I'm looking on my wall here that I have in my office. I got like Jimmy Hendry, uh, uh, Bob Marley, also uh, John Lee Hooker and, I just got a new one of Gary Clark Jr. Nice. Yeah, to go along with the old dudes, you know. So it's, um, uh, you know, music sets a tone for my life on a daily basis. First thing I do in the morning, I get up, whatever I want to listen to, depends on, on how aggressive I want to be or if I need to mellow down, uh, listen to all kind of you know, genres. And it's, uh, I don't know what I'd do without music. I mean, I mean, someday I, I amen, amen, amen. Do without baseball, but I'd never do it. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And, and look, you survived working with me for two years, so you can do yeah. anything. It was good. It was good. <laughs> How many was it? Yeah, it was cool, man. I don't know. I mean, I mean, and, I, uh, I feel like, I feel like everything that you've earned since is, is all my, no, it's not my credit, but you know, and you know, I love you, but I got to tell you the story. Cause I know you got to go yeah. a day game after a night game. And you're trying to beat up my Mets again, which is making me feel bad. Yeah. Um, Sorry, the second. Yeah. yeah, sure you are. I, I sure you are. Sure. Yeah. You are. I remember texting you when you were with the Nets. I'm like, can you go easy? Really? Come on now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Mets are good, I don't care. The Mets hey, are they good. are good. They, yeah. Hey, Hey, you may good. be seeing them uh, down the road. I mean, I they, heard they, that. They, yeah, I sure you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially because that Degrom and that Scherzer guy, who you know well, they're pretty good. Oh so, I'm telling you, um, them. but not as good as a massage. And that's where I want to weirdly end this story. So we yeah. worked together one day, yeah. and you were now like I know like when it's like your first day of school, like you're trying to like you know make sure that everybody kind of you comfortable and kind of fit in. I feel that every time because what you've done in your life compared to me in this sport. I mean, please. But you asked me to come down to the bottom of the hotel. This is a true story. And this yeah. is, and I share this only because I want people like th- this is, you are the genuine article. I walked down to the hotel and you said you're going to go over there at a desk and mm. I've already set you up with an hour long massage before we go into the studio today. Now yeah. I'm telling you right now, like I work for a lot of places. Yeah. It was hard to get a free coffee at some point. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I want to tell you, I never forgot that. I don't think I've, I don't know if I've had one since, but at some you know point something? I'm hey. going to turn that around and you're going to walk in somewhere. I'm going to tell yeah. Gene who's, who's making sure that all this is going to happen. I'm going to, I'm just going to be like, here's a massage for you. 
Yeah, but I you know something? I don't get enough massages myself. Now, I usually get them once a year when I go to Hawaii a couple of times when I'm over there, but I should get massages more. I mean, that. Yes. Yeah. We all should. I, I'm, <laughs> thank you very much for reminding me of that. See? See? Yeah, my wife, she tells me, go get a massage. I'm like, I don't have time to get a massage. And it's like, well, you got to make time. You hey, know? look, man. Yeah. When I get so, an when I get an Emmy for this interview that we discussed <laughs> hotel phones and massages, we'll go get one together. You know I love you, bro. Be All well. Right. Go All easy right. on my Mets today, and we'll All catch right, up man. soon. Appreciate you, Bake. All right, see you in New York. All right, buddy. We'll do. All right. There later. he is. The man, the myth, the legend, Dusty Baker. Uh, I mean, that is a as genuine a dude as literally I have ever. I always I have said this. You can look at my Twitter. I've probably said this. A million times it feels like there I am over exaggerating again, but maybe a hundred times <clears throat> over the last few years since what have I been friends with Bake? I guess, geez, I don't know, eight years or whatever it is. I'm telling you, as genuine a human as you have ever met, and no offense to another Casey except his last name, the mayor. Uh, the mayor, there's only one person I've ever like been around enough. Like it, where I could say friend, right? Where I'm like, is there anyone this dude doesn't know? Like, you know, give me an example. And I'm looking at my dog who's sleeping over here. I walk around, you know, I, I'm approachable, I think. I don't usually have these on. I'm going to be on Obi-Wan next week. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm wearing headphones that look like I'm about to beam up somewhere. But I got my dog over here. I, I'm approachable. Nobody wants to talk to me. They just want to talk to the dog. The dog can't talk to you, people. You know, he's old. He's cute. He can't talk to you. He just wants to pee. I say that because you be around bake. Nobody talking to you about anything. Nobody's saying anything. All you do is listen because the dude's stories are bananas and he is off his rocker. But he is just he's the best, man. He is absolutely. And I could say this uh, because I know I can call him this, but I call him the old goat. Uh, he is he is something else and something special. Uh, we have a lot more special coming at you and to you and uh, some longer versions, too, of the podcast as well. But I'm just going to keep kind of churning these out. we got some great guests coming. Hope you enjoyed Dusty Baker. Hope you're enjoying Unfiltered. Please hit me up on Twitter at Casey Stern. we got another list that's coming soon. So I've got my idea for the second one. But if you've got one, if you listen to the first episode that you want to kind of hit me up and say, hey, this is where we should roll with, you let me know. And I'll let you know whether or not you've made the cut. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.